0: Rescue radio cause there's a war for your soul
1: Hey amen let's pray there is the war and it goes on. The war is well, and it is well with my soul. Father God, we thank you for this very beautiful day. It is beautiful, Lord, because you're in it. Lord God, I pray that you would lift the hearts and the souls of those who are listening, that they would have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to receive the hope, the revelation, and be strong and stand in having done all to stand, to receive the promises that you have given to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit imparted to us, that we will not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we will reap if we do not faint. And you are the righteous judge of all the earth, and you will judge all of this according to righteousness. And Father, we thank you for the, uh, the, your own demonstration of love to us, and that you died for us. You took the death penalty you served the sentence. You were you were killed, sacrificed for us, for our life, for our life to be restored to us and to be restored to the kingdom of God. And so we thank you for also in that death and resurrection you gave us power. Power not to wimp out, but power to stand and having done all to stand, to bind, to loose, to forgive to love our enemies. So I thank you today for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to receive as the oracles of God, that the revelation of Jesus Christ will quicken us a, and bring us into a new place of hope and peace and um, remove the spirits of stress and anxiety and fear and apprehension that put all the pressure and all the problems back on us. We give them to you, Lord. They are your problems. We don't have any problems. You are the problem solver, solver, and we are yours. So open our hearts, give us wisdom. May we speak again, as we said, as the oracles of God in this matter, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen, amen. Well, hey,
1: we're back in Mark. Hallelujah. We're back in Mark. And we're he's still there. Yeah, he didn't give Ma- up on us. Mark is
0: still there. <coughs> yeah. And hey, we're at the a very, uh, well, it's all exciting. Well, the thing about the book of Mark, it's a full of action.
1: I like it. I like like it.
0: In the in the King James, it says, and straightway, yeah, straightway, straightway, and immediately, right now." So it's right now for the right now generation. We want everything right now. We're in chapter eight. Sooner, right now, right now. Go for it. Chapter eight, Mark (laughs) chapter eight, verse one. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, "I have compassion on the multitude because." They have continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. Mm
1: -hmm. And if
0: I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, and for some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And he said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and broke them and gave them to the, his disciples to set before them and they set them before the multitude they also had a few small fish and having blessed them he set he said to set them before them also so they ate and were filled and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments now those who had eaten were about 4000 and he sent them away and immediately got into a boat with his disciples and came to the region of Del Manutha. So, Hmm. here... Let me just
1: say something about your reading. How many times have people heard this story, do you suppose? The people listening to us? how many times have you read this story, flew through the reading, know it by heart practically. If you paid any attention, you know there was another uh, um, situation where he actually multiplied five loaves and two fish and got, for 5,000 people, and got how many baskets left? Uh... Was it twelve I think, I there think it was
0: twelve baskets, and
1: so and and if you mm-hmm. know, and so you fly fly we fly through reading the Bible, we fly through it, and we don't mm-hmm. get hooked on anything, but when you were reading it this time, I got hooked well, I, I got hooked before on something too, but oh. um very great multitude having nothing to eat um in those days, Jesus would gather the people to i mean they would just flock to him
0: well this was <clears> this was it. A time of the, the popularity of Jesus. Right. You know, there's a time where nobody knows about him, and then he has these big crowds, and then the crowds diminish, and then the, the it gets fewer and fewer people. Any more with intense, him, the conflict raises. They, yeah, they cry, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" But, but this is his the era days time. of his popularity. Right. This is these are right in the, kind of in the heyday, yeah. Early ministry mm-hmm. popularity. Mm-hmm. You imagine, Marjorie, n- n- multitudes of people. That means a whole lot of people. Big crowds of people coming. With From no marketing, distances. no
1: PR, just word of mouth. Just yeah, no, grab your neighbor's no internet, hand and let's no go. Fa- no you know? Facebook. No tickets to no, buy, no reservations like to make. Right. I mean, you just, it's just like but, so organic. It's just the, like spontaneous. You know? can you, but you can imagine,
0: though. I mean, they're with him three days. And mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking here that they had food with them. They probably had some food with oh, them. Sure. Maybe they grabbed a quick lunch, but they ran out of food. Again. They ran out of food.
1: He has these three day conferences. A three <laughs> day con- but <laughs> And the know, refrigeration wasn't good and they're, you know, I mean so they, they would have even if they'd have packed a bunch of lunch, they probably would have run out of food by three days. Can't well exactly.
0: Keep. But you can can you think of how fascinating they must have been. I mean who today I mean there's people that have conferences in places around the United States or now in the world and it's good but but back then with one person people coming from all over walking maybe riding a donkey something like that coming out in the wilderness yeah w- that's uh, the no, point no, that's no, the point no ac no uh you know yeah uh, no big um uh, venue uh, yeah. fancy stadium or meeting hall or mm-hmm. sanctuary or anything mm-hmm. like that out there in the wilderness to listen to the teachings of Jesus and i believe it wasn't just teaching as we we, we, we learned from beforehand here, too. There were, uh, you know, there was a, a well, deaf mute that was healed. Well, there you know was, what? There was That's a,
1: part of the whole deal. There was when it, the
0: teaching and healing was, was going together. There was right. demonstration of the word that mm-hmm. Jesus was bringing. And these
1: were all miracles. Every one of these things, including the miraculous word and the kingdom and describing the kingdom of God in as, in opposition to what they had already been taught, you know, with the scribes, Pharisees, the law and all the traditions, this was kind of like a brand new thing, and it was totally uh, it, it 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 paralleled it it rode alongside of the teachings of the traditions. He's, but it did but it was taking a new turn, and and they for a while they um, they didn't quite know what they were hearing. So when you talk about wilderness you know, the wildernesses of our lives. I think this is where he said it particularly. He didn't set it in the setting of a town where he could have access. They could go and do something for themselves. He actually had to set this in a place where they were helpless, where they were almost... Uh vulnerable to the elements vulnerable to their hunger and and so they would be in a place of desperation and it's interesting how that you and I get into this place guided by the Holy Spirit believe it or not orchestrated by him to get into these places of desperation where we can't do it ourselves and that's the whole point a miracle begins where you cannot do it yourself and so this wilderness that we might be in impossible situations don't see any way out But what did he tell them to do? He said, first of all, he says, I have compassion on the multitude. It was the the, God must have seen the horrible um, trashing of his creation that Satan had done. Uh, I watched from heaven, intervened through the prophets, intervened through the the various times—the flood, the Tower of Babel—you know—calling c- Abraham uh, out of Egypt, the 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 walking through the red, crossing the Red Sea. He had intervened intermittently and consistently all along, but he had never really um, came down and walked among us in a consistent life fashion like Jesus did. And so Jesus was, I'm sure, very aware uh, with the, his compassion, looking. Uh, heartbreaking, um, vexed probably with what he saw Satan had done to his creation to trash them, and 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 creating them such a a, a, a sniveling, uh, fearful, pathetic mass of well, people. He,
0: well, here you see Jesus having concern about the physical needs of the people. And, and you know, you mentioned about the wilderness. I mean, they were out away from the distractions. They were away from the synagogues. They were away from the temple. Well,
1: that's They that's were the away good part, yeah. from
0: Herod's influence, the political influence. They were in a place where they were um, less distractions all around. Well, they could I think really so. Hear.
1: You know, it's just kind of like the place where God has to bring us away from the news, away from the media, away from the... The, 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 entertainment away from the hustle and bustle of the city and the demands of all that. And the, like you said, the distractions to quiet us down. So they were in a place where the, the son of God was beginning to teach them the kingdom of God, the principles of God. We don't know. Maybe he did the beatitudes here. Maybe he, you know, I mean, maybe it was another place he did them, but he maybe repeated them. He was teaching the kingdom of love, forgiveness, love your enemies, a new commandment I give to you. And then he, he basically, um, confirmed all that that he had the right to do that and say that by doing these stupendous incredible awesome impossible miracles.
0: Well, the scripture says that Jesus taught them with authority. Mm-hmm. His word was a, a, with authority, not as the scribes. So there was a, there was an authority about no the people a lot and of can these I people were probably full of a lot of teaching. They had <clears> like teaching <throat> yeah. teaching teaching teaching, but this was like so different, so authoritative, so fascinating it was speaking to the spirits of people that mm-hmm. had been so um oppressed politically yeah. and oppressed emotionally spiritually financially psychologically by the, all physically the 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 the, the pharisees mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. had all these rules and all this uh, his hypocrisy the judgments and and everything so Laws. they were very very oppressed but when jesus sees the the multitude what does he do he calls he calls a meeting of his disciples mm-hmm. he kind of gets He's talking just kind of to the multitude. doesn't say they were all disciples. He He says,
1: yeah, he says, they've been with me three days now and have nothing to eat. Um, Well, he was concerned and he he allowed, I think he spiritually, purposely allowed this lack, this spirit, this situation to arise. He is God. And you say, well, why didn't God do something? Well, he wanted to do something. He was going to do something. But he had to have this wilderness desperation moment in order to do it.
0: Yeah, and he he kind of has a private cult consultation with his disciples. He 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 puts them, you know, come they come apart together, not come apart, you know, but I mean come apart separately, Separate. not fall <coughs> apart. But they uh, they they he has a little meeting with them. He sa- and he explains his heart. He says, "I've got compassion on the multitude. Mm-hmm. He says, I I I feel for them. I I am my heart <coughs> yeah. is for them. I love them because they." have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. He said he he saw there was a hunger in their hearts, not just for spiritual truth as well as for now for food. Mm -hmm. And he says, and if I send them away hungry to their own houses, he's explaining the situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. They will faint on the way for some of them have come from afar. Now notice Jesus doesn't ask a question here. He just explains the situation.
1: Well, he's explaining reality. And so many of us live in that uh, context of reality. Well, you know, they're going to faint. They don't have any food. It's, you know, we got it. We're three days out from anywhere. And so many of us would stop right there and we say, oh, well, that's too bad. We don't know what to do. We can't do anything. We are limited to the context of reality. But notice that he, he, um, he also was understanding our vulnerabilities. You know, he, God made us and actually made us weak, needy, uh, vulnerable by the very fact that we are, you know, not that big, not that strong, not that smart. We have needs of food and water and right air pressures and we need air to breathe and we need right temperatures or we die, we melt, we pass away. We are, we're not that resilient to bullets. I mean, we're just pretty weak and vulnerable all the way around. And that vulnerability was, an int- was intentional because God said in his word, Uh, To us, that when we are weak, then He is strong, and He wants to be strong in us, but most of the people um, take that as a, a negative. They, they see their vulnerabilities as something they need to overcome or take control of. And Satan often uses our vulnerabilities to any number, to be, the, the need to be loved, or the need to be noticed, the need to be um, uh, acknowledged. All of these things set us up. The need for justice, the desire for truth, um, the desire for God, to, to desire the presence of God. All of these things that we need and are built to desire because we're built in the image of God become opportunities for the devil to set up a hook and bait us with the things that we're looking for. And so the vulnerabilities here was hunger and weariness and tiredness. And, you know, but Jesus was not looking at the situation like we often do. Well, I don't have enough money. I can't do this. uh, You know, it's never going to work, blah, blah, blah.
0: Well, think of the disciples here. It says, then his disciples answered him. Well, Jesus really isn't even asking a question. Mm -hmm. They're answering him. So so there's an implied question there. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like, what are we going to do? How, well, he he says, th-
1: they thought he was asking him them well, what to do. Well, yeah,
0: he, he was not asking a question. He mm-hmm. was explaining a situation, implying it's like, okay, well, they're basically saying, well, Lord, what do you expect us to do? Mm-hmm. He says in verse, uh, they say in verse 4, how can one satisfy these people? With bread here in the wilderness, in other words,
1: they're looking it, at reality. It's like, what they're can we do about <laughs> it? What do
0: you expect? To, do you expect us to do something here? Yeah, he says we have no idea resources. We yeah. have no idea how to feed all these people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and th- and they're out in the place. I mean, obviously, wilderness back in those days, there were no food markets, no restaurants close yeah. by. Mm, yeah, no um, uh,
1: quick stops, w- what, quick trips. What can
0: we? What can we do about it? And so sometimes, you know, we see a, a, a need. Um, mm-hmm. Many needs spiritually for people, people that need homes, people that need money, people that need the the, comfort, love, salvation, the the teaching of the the gospel, the kingdom of God. We see the needs as so massive, you know, in our world, in our society that we become that what can we what can we we do about it? We stop. We get stuck. We paralyze. Sometimes we just get paralyzed Mm -hmm. and we do nothing. nothing. But Jesus said, what did he say here? Verse five. And he asked them. How many loaves do you have?
1: <laughs> and they said seven. Now, they this time didn't find the loaves necessarily among the crowd, the little boy with the five loaves last time. It, it, they might have just had those seven loaves left from their own lunch. Maybe they were, um, <laughs> who knows, you know, they had just done that other miracle not too many days hence. Maybe they even had a few little leftover loaves from that, who knows. But they had seven loaves they'd come up with, and that was, uh, and he commanded the multitude to sit, to sit on the ground. So he was taking charge, taking authority, bringing order to the chaos. I'm sure when people... When you, don- you notice at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, when kids get hungry, when people get hungry, or right before you, b- you serve the big Thanksgiving meal, they're all milling around right in the kitchen, and it just drives me nuts personally, but... You know, so if you come to my house for Thanksgiving dinner, stay out of the kitchen because I'm busy. But so the kids, it's it's, everybody can be milling like that. The kids are crying. You know, kids are when they're hungry. They start crying and it's very chaotic. It's very unnerving. And so Jesus takes the authority. He says, have them go sit down, sit down and see something. Wait, get expectant. God is moving. God is set. Jesus gave us a direction. He gave us an order. Let's go do what He says and see what'll happen. So He told them to have the the multitudes sit down on the grass. And in the last parable, He did. He wrote them and uh, put them in groups of fifty, so they could probably get a head count. Um, and then let's see what He says. And He took the seven loaves and He gave thanks and He broke them. Now let's just stop right there. He broke. He 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 took the loaves in his hands, the bread, the real bread the tangible bread. And he gave thanks. He looked up to heaven, other translations or other uh, renditions of these uh, miracles. He always looked up to heaven. I thank you, Father. Acknowledged his relationship with Father, the Father, that it was good, that this was a, an act of the Father through him to the people. This was a demonstration of the Father's love. And then he broke them. Now, let's just stop there for a minute, huh? because this is what got me this morning. I was reading this. Um, he, and he broke them. He broke the bread. He broke now. Think about this. Just put your imagine. You see this. So you got this loaf of bread, and you break it, and you hand that piece to somebody, and you break it again, and the loaf does not diminish, and you break it again. Um, the, it just keeps repla- replacing itself. It's it's like how, how is this? This is goes against reality. Reality says when you break off the loaf and and the 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 piece, the the loaf will diminish. This loaf was not diminishing, and he, he did that to seven different loaves and sent it out in seven different directions, and nothing was less. There wasn't nothing. It was like that is the miracle. The miracle is that it, it, it goes beyond our understanding. Um, you know it comes to, we can't figure this out. It, it goes beyond our reasoning. It's not reasonable, it's not logical. It, it doesn't work with our analytical mind to figure this out or 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 you know it, it, we don't know the nanotechnology behind it or whatever. The mind has to surrender to the spirit and knowing that the spirit uh, has got this, the spirit of God is superior. the spiritual dimension is superior to the natural carnal dimension. We often get, you know, like caught up in time and space. We live there. We're bound with the natural laws, you know, like gravity, you jump out of a tree, you're gonna fall velocity, go too fast, you're gonna not make the corner. You know, rely we, we we actually Jerry, we actually rely on our experiences a lot. We we judge and move forward by what it was in the past, what it looks like, what we know you know, the outcomes usually will be. So we're living but this was against all of that.
0: Well, right. I mean, seven loaves, and and you think of you think of how God has worked in that way all through. Um,
1: well, th- e- even can I say this? You know, e- all through from the beginning.
0: From the beginning, when God, the beginning,
1: God said, when said He said, you know, "Let there be light." He spoke the creations into existence through a word, and 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 then out of nothing. Uh huh. And and it wasn't bound by. I mean, it was just God spoke it out of His mouth. The word came, and it created the processes that brought forth butterflies and babies and all other things imaginable. But how can, you know, and so looking at that, looking at the miraculous power of, you know, just a butterfly, fly coming from a, a caterpillar to a butterfly, that little miraculous metamorphosis of, of that, um, that process or the baby being formed in the womb, how can any person reasonably deny the existence and intervention of an all-powerful, all-knowing, infinitely intelligent, good God. How can people live and, in the midst of God's creation, play under the trees, drink the water, fish in the lakes? You know, and, and, and deny the existence of god?
0: Well, god. The the God, the small G O D of this world, Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So there's a blindness that's upon people. Well, it's a willful ignorance. There's willful ignorance, there's blindness induced by the enemy, and sometimes we just don't want to admit there is a God because we don't want to be accountable to God. You know,
1: here's the thing about that blindness. Even people who are born blind don't deny the existence of the things they cannot see based on the fact that they cannot see them. You know, just because we cannot see God. You know, we say, well, you know, it is. It's all. Everything is only what I can see, feel, touch, taste, and imagine in my five senses. And and and. Is so, but even blind people do not deny the existence of the things they cannot see based on the fact that they cannot see them. And we do that with God all the time. And we x him out of our equations. We x him out of our experiences. We x him out of our day. And we go on the, our way, never saying, "God, have mercy." "God, help me." "God, I can't do this." "God, this is impossible." "God, you're going to have to do this." "God, you're going to have to deliver me." Why don't we start saying that? Why don't we start? We're in the wilderness. You're in the wilderness. You're stuck right there right now for a purpose. God's permitted you to be there. So you can get to that point of desperation where you can stop doing it yourself and give it over to God.
0: Well, part of it, too, is when we're obedience has a lot to do with this, our obedience.
1: Well, that has to come out of a revelation. It
0: comes out of revelation. But you think of you think of all through Scripture when God told Abraham to offer up Isaac. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what did he say? Isaac says they're going up there the sacrifice and Isaac says Where, where's the Where's the lamb and he says God will provide the lamb for the sacrifice mm-hmm. and that's powerful because that goes away speaking to Jesus as the lamb of God who, to ta- who takes away the sin of the world but God he, there was obedience mm-hmm. nothing seen but God there was a ram caught in a thicket and that was offered up as a sacrifice you think of uh, Elisha and the widow's oil right. comes, she's, she's mm-hmm. poor, she, they're coming to take her son she she was in desperate situation. And, and and Elisha says, what do you have in your house? just have a little oil. Well, poured it out. She poured it out, poured it out, poured it out. Well, Reason out.
1: said, this is never going to work. This but, is stupid. But
0: she had it. She kept <laughs> filled all the vessels. She, and she had to go borrow other jars, pots, to fill all that. And she sold the oil, paid the debt. And she was okay. How come? How
1: come if I would go in my kitchen right now and take about a couple, a couple canning jars and start pouring my bottle of oil into them, and the bottle of oil is by far smaller than any of the number of jars I might have in the cupboard, and would the the oil keep coming out, coming out, coming out, miraculously fill the jars? Probably not. Why not? Because number one i haven 't been instructed by the prophet, right. and second of all i wasn 't at the point of desperation where I actually needed a miracle mm-hmm. because i 've got many jars of oil already in my cupboard, so why would I need to play with one exactly so the, but the point is so many times um, we we are at the point of needing a miracle i mean there 's probably a hundred people a thousand people out here listening today that are at the point of needing a miracle and yet they're not ready to receive it because what they haven't heard the word of God or the spirit of doubt has told you, Oh, you don't deserve that. You're not worthy of that. God doesn't care about you. You've got to struggle. You sinned. You're guilty. Um, you, t- you need to make, make better choices. You take responsibility. That's a bunch of garbage. That is not in the Bible. There's a lot of things we do in practice and teach one another as if they're in the Bible, as if they're spoken to us by God that are not there. Um, for example, and we, and we hold them as biblical truths when they're not there. We're, We've actually been indoctrinated by these ideas, most of them based on fear and belief and do it yourself. It's up to me. That's all witchcraft, by the way. And we teach them as if they're from the Bible and they're not. For example, the idea of leading by opposition. I've heard of that little phrase. Well, uh, you know, thriving in, you know, t- in the, creating a conflict, the Hegelian dialect, leading by do- opposition. Um, do it yourself. Uh, it's up to me. I need to fix it. Take responsibility uh, to figure things out. Jesus didn't say lead by opposition. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Where do we, uh, uh, you know, striving, finding out, um, uh, where is it recommended in the Bible that we do it ourselves? Um, you know, for example, a couple of 20, I don't know, 15, who knows, 5, 10, 7 years, whatever, ago, I, I, I <laughs> they came out with this big new book, popular, promoted by Satan, if you ask me purpose-driven life so what did that do promote the kingdom of god the principles of rest and peace and receiving and miracles and believing and and knowing you're loved or it's up to me strive do it better do it more do it more often and 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 take responsibility well the the the, what what does the bible say are we to be purpose-driven or spirit-led are we to follow the leading of the holy spirit and walk in the spirit or try to figure it out in our soul
0: well what happened here with the disciples? They, they had
1: to put aside all this kind of thinking, didn't
0: they? They had to put aside all mm-hmm. this kind of thinking. and they simply brought what they had already to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you see that the, uh, the parable, of the widow's oil, uh, the, the, not the story of the Elisha and the widow's oil. There was another time where Elisha had just, uh, loaves that were multiplied and he fed a hundred men with a few loaves. I think it was like 12 little loaves. Hmm. And, and he had plenty left over, so there was there was a precedent for the right. feeding of the 5,000, 4,000 right in the ministry of Elisha. And then, remember when they were going to build the tabernacle at the command of the Lord, mm-hmm. they brought uh, everything, the things that were needed, Silver, everything, gold. it says everything they mm-hmm. had, they brought what they had, and what they had was sufficient to do the job, and more than enough.
1: Right, they had leftovers. So they had
0: to, they had they had to stop bringing mm-hmm. the offering. So what happens here what, what's happening here, Marjorie, is that the disciples are giving what they have to Jesus and they're participating in the miracle.
1: Yeah, but here's the point. They're bringing
0: what they have. They're handing out the stuff. Correct. Okay. They're they're handing it out. They're they're But they
1: but they were just simply at this point servants, stewards of the of the miracle of the blessing because they weren't multiplying the bread at this point. Well they right. were handing out the multiplied bread.
0: Well they exactly what they do, but still they were participating, right? they were part of the miracle. And the thing is for us as, as as we are obedient before the Lord, bringing what we have to the Lord, he multiplies and stepping up, uh-huh. he will multiply. We will Take see um, there will see and I want uh, we will see the miracles unfolding, the work of God unfolding Can I, yeah. right before yep. our eyes, right within our hands, if, if we uh, are true to um, yeah, take heed to his call.
1: But the thing is, too, the devil knows that we're so desirous of these things. And that so many people will take this step of faith and they'll get out on a limb and they'll sell all that they have or they'll, they'll do some strange uh, uh, extreme thing thinking and believing that they've heard from God and they have not heard from God. I know of people who have married people thinking it was God and it wasn't God. I know people have sold all their stuff in the livelihood from under their children's, taking the bread off their children's plate to to go do some crazy extravagant religious thing and it was not from God. And people will step out on a limb, the limb will break. You can't do this unless you have a revelation of Jesus Christ and know that you know that you're walking in the Spirit. And even then... When you do that, like the disciples later on, notice Peter here, all he could do is pass out the bread. But Peter was being um, trained up to believe that there is a spiritual dimension. There is a command. There is an authority. There is something that goes on there. There are ways to get things done in the spiritual world. Um, the Satanists know that, obviously. Let's see if the Christians can figure that out. There are things that get to, can be done in the, like when Peter finally got this, he and John were walking into the temple that one of those first days after Jesus ascended, and the the guy there was lame from birth and mm-hmm. and and Peter says, "Um yeah, I check my pockets, I have silver no no silver, no gold here to help you out and give you a little because the guy's a beggar, and that's all he does is beg for a living, I mean to eat his bread but the but he says there's something better I have in the name of Jesus Christ, and he saw the faith in the in the in the layman and he also had the faith in him. And he said, rise up and walk. And this is where I believe it began for Peter. This this day that started with the multiplication, with the seeing the blind eyes open and the, and the deaf ears hearing. Jesus, uh, Peter and now has full, he's he's up to speed. He has the full revelation of these miracles that um, come out of a relationship and fellowship with the, with the king. Uh, and kinship with the king of kings and the father of the king. But- you know, we... We—that's ha- where God wants us to go. He not just to be in need of a miracle all the time, in need of—and oh, pray for me, pray for me. No, bind and loose, and de- and declare, and go to the court of heaven and say, God, this is what we need. And God, we have a problem here. And God, this is your problem. And what do you want me to do about it?
0: And uh, Jesus' message was the kingdom of God. He says, "Repent and believe the gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." So He is basically introducing all these miracles, all these teachings. Mm -hmm. are introducing the kingdom of God, a whole new mindset, a whole new way of thinking and living and knowing. uh, knowing, called the kingdom of God. All this is training and preparing his disciples to move into the kingdom of God. And
1: Jesus is also here introducing us to his intimate relationship with the father. And then the love that they have, the knowing that that he would not be let down or den- denied the request that he was gra- that he was uh, making before the father. He said, thank you. I thank you, father. Thank you. He looked up and thanked God. It says. "Um, And, and so, um, you know, when he gave thanks. So the people knew that there was a, a, an authority and a divine connection with the creator God. That's what Jesus was demonstrating here, that he was in full obedience And there was a a direct connection between him and the father. It was like the father said, yeah, feed them. And Jesus was just doing what the father said. So they, again, Jesus is proving who he says he is, that he is the son of God. And, you know, when when Pilate asked him, well, tell us, are you the son of God? He said, you said it. (laughs) I don't need to say it again. But he was demonstrating this the whole time he was here, that there was something real, Something beyond our reality, something that was more powerful than reality, which was the truth about the whole backstory, the relationship between God and and Satan, the relationship between the Father and the Son, uh, the, the rescue mission that Jesus Christ was on, and this is exactly what that was. This was a rescue mission to rescue creation out of the grip of the evil one, that it was had been snared and was being swallowed up and destroyed in the pit and there were many dangers in the pit there was the roman uh government the roman armies there was the poverty there was the herodians there was the 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 religious demons these precious people were absolutely beaten down and 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 jesus was here to bring hope and and rescue and 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 to know you know that even in this situation as we would need to know that jesus was not saying oh where's the father look at this I can't believe what's happening. You know how we mumble to ourselves, murmur sometimes, this is so bad, never going to work. Oh, it is what it is, never going to change. Jesus, never ever 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 ever. Never never never. Said those words. He didn't deny what it was. He didn't he didn't deny what it was, but at the same time he uh he was there for the people. He said all things, we know all things work together for good, even the most difficult, the most oppositional, the most unfair things that happen to you are actually, or us, are actually part of God's tapestry. They're woven into the tapestry of your life to make, to redeem, to reco- re- restore, um, to, re- to, to re- reveal the beautiful things for those who love God. There are black th- threads in that tapestry that define things. And in our lives, there are black moments. And yet many people who go through these dark, dark times say, would, I'm glad I went through that. I really learned. I learned to, to to trust. I learned to rest. I learned to surrender. I, I learned to know that I could trust in God and that all things do work together for good. So in this critical hour, I mean, we're in critical days. Actually, today, I think... Yeah, today there's some sort of thing going on with the sun somewhere. Some sunspots or something. There's other always that, something <clears> critical <throat> going on that could blow day. us up, you know. Again, right. yeah, it's you fine. know, but God is it got His hand on creation. The sun isn't going to rebel against God. The sun isn't going to do anything until God says to do it. You know, the moon isn't going to stop shining until God says don't shine. You know, and and even though the the devil, believe it or not, messes with the weather, and a lot of our weather. That is not anymore from God. It is not a judgment of God. It is a plot of the enemy to try to destroy and kill human beings, their homes, their livelihood, their hearts, their, their futures. That's not God. God does not do that. Remember in the book of Job, when God gave Satan permission, after Satan, you know, demanded, let me test them. God says, okay, go test them. I got it. Go Do what you can. He immediately took a, a, created a whirlwind of some sort and blew the house down, completely tornado, whatever, that killed the ten kids inside that all belonged to Job. And so that was not God. We know that wasn't God. So not don't get stupid and think every bad thing. You can rebuke some of that weather people. You you know, when it's coming from Satan, when hurricanes are coming to destroy people, when tornadoes are coming, when there's mm-hmm. there's too much rain coming, when it's too dry, like it was in the the old testament, the books were the three and a half years, no no rain. You don't have to put up with that. That's not necessarily god god says i give you power over all the power of the enemy and part of the enemy's power is using against us is to attack us with these kinds of things i know this is off the subject but nonetheless it's on the subject because we do have power and authority as the lord gave us so start using it bind that means you forbid i you will not do it no devil you will turn that rain back no i don't need six more inches of rain on my garden you will not no you will not in the name of jesus christ i send this this weather this rain whatever back to where it came from. I you know we get confused because we think all the weather belongs to god it does not nothing everything is is tampered tem- with and nothing is as it appears well
0: satan there's sometimes satan directly influences these storms and stuff and then a lot of times he has the full cooperation of human beings
1: who, who, who believe with in him. witchcraft who, who, and who work and evil with him yeah and using, because
0: using all kinds of technologies but oh, well, he to couldn't do it without them the weather. And
1: Satan could like. not do anything to us without getting our cooperation. Look at all the people that are cooperating with him. How stupid is that?
0: Well, we're going to talk about <laughs> some people here in a little well, bit that were we, cooperating yeah. with the enemy. So,
1: But here, we, but listen to this. So, in spite of all the ways that, that looks and feels and the the feelings of the moment, we need to go back to like Peter did in, in the in the temple and like Jesus did here, you know, and take authority over the situation. He 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 took authority because he absolutely, you know why Jesus could do that? Because he absolutely knew who he was. But how did he know who he was? Because he knew where he came from. He knew that he came from heaven. And when you and I know who we are and know where we come from, and know we're created in the image of God, and that's our first nature, that's our original nature, that's our divine nature, and it's not all this demonically contrived you know, agreements with sinful human nature. You, do you want a sinful human nature? Do you want to be divided between a sinful human nature and a divine nature? Or do you want to go back to your divine nature? by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit and sanctification and holiness, you and I can go back to our original who we are in the image, made in the image of God nature, and I don't have to fuss around with this sinful human nature because that has been taken care of at the cross, and if we follow Jesus and obey him, it will be under the blood, and it will not have power and dominion. However, most Christians are thinking they still have to somehow defeat their sinful human nature, which is a concept that Satan put in the snake pit to get you to believe so that you believe you are what you do. And if you do bad things and you sin and sins are committed against you, then you're bad. But that is not, then then you get all tangled up. And how can I do any holy good thing if I have a sinful human nature? There you go. He's pulled you out at the very root and made you double-minded. We got to know that we are God's, we are good, we are his servants, we are dead as a matter of fact, crucified with Christ, and that now his spirit lives in us and that we are here to take dominion over the things that God gave us power and authority over. And those things are specific and different for different people, but ultimately, it's to bring the goodness of God, the truth of God, the revelation of God to the earth, to the people of well, the earth. Well,
0: the goodness of God <clears> took <throat> dominion over the situation here. And mm-hmm. Mark uh, eight eight it says, "So they ate and were filled. They didn't just get a little snack, mm-hmm. not just a little mm-hmm. teaser, not just a little order. of They ate and they were f- filled. It means that they were really like full, mm-hmm. full, full." <laughs> And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now it's interesting in the feeding of the five thousand, it says there were twelve baskets. There were twelve baskets that were fill, full, left over. Here seven. How come okay, there was five thousand, there was twelve baskets. Here there's there's how many? There was seven. Let me just look here.
1: Um, let me see. The numbers are different.
0: But Yeah, yeah. So okay. There were seven lar- large baskets, okay? Mm-hmm. So in the 12, it means, in the feeding of the 5,000, there were 12 baskets, but they were like little baskets, like little personal size baskets. Okay. This, this the word that's used for basket here...
1: Like a fish-and-chips basket that you order at? Yeah, like, like a little d- f- okay.
0: fish-and-chips type of s- sort of basket. personal size ham- basket. Okay. Hamburger basket or whatever, <laughs> okay. like that personal size basket. But this these baskets, these seven large baskets, it says here in the New King James, of leftover fragments... It's it was is really big baskets. It's the same word that was used when they let Paul down off the side later on in the book of Acts we read that he had to escape Damascus. <coughs> they were out to kill him. They let him down by a rope over mm-hmm, the side mm-hmm. of the wall in a basket. Now mm-hmm. he wouldn't be in a personal sized basket, he wasn't that small. Mm-hmm. So it was a big baskets full. That they that carried was, stuff in, you know. You like, know like, like this was like mm-hmm. huge bad. This was this is yeah, this is big baskets full. But and uh, about 4,000, he sent them away. They had plenty to think about, for sure. <laughs> they'd experienced a miracle. They'd eaten a miracle. They'd heard, they'd seen miracles. Yeah. They'd, they'd heard the word of the Lord. But Jesus, you know, moves on. He he doesn't well,
1: you know, uh, camp out. He, he That's right. And, you know, there are other times when God gave them food. I'm thinking of the time in the wilderness where they were whining, murmuring, carrying on, coming up against Moses saying, we want some meat. We're sick of this manna, blah, blah, blah. And God <clears throat> obliged them. Uh, and sent the quail, but in the eating of the quail, they actually brought judgment to themselves because they had been pushing, pressing, murmuring, and they so were Satan complaining. says, <clears throat> "Yeah, complaining." So Satan says, "I have a right to use this to give them food poisoning." So he actually gave them some sort of food poisoning of, well, you
0: know, they, they ate the quail raw. It says. Just, <clears throat> that wasn't they, good. They pounced on it and they just yeah. ate it raw. Probably
1: had bird flu, whatever. I don't yeah. <laughs> gross. And they and they began to die. And then God had to give them a remedy, and the remedy was a foreshadowing of the cross. Moses had to put that stake in the ground, that pole, and hang one of those serpents on it, um, because Jesus became a curse for us. And if they looked at that serpent hanging on the cross, that um, that had been destroyed, killed, whatever, it was looking at Jesus who had become a a, 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 a curse for us had taken on our sin and died in our place. And the Bible says in Galatians, he became a curse for us. And so to break the curses over us. And though, if they were willing then to submit and surrender and repent and confess, then they would be saved if they just simply looked and they would look and live. It wasn't a matter of applying any salves or drinking any potions. It was just a matter of obeying. And so this was not like that. This time it was true, genuine, uh, holy need. They They would, they'd been following, they'd been obedient. So it wasn't like they were, you know, and and Jesus probably wouldn't have needed seven loaves either. Probably one, one would have done, but right, the six right, were extra relative, just for yeah, the... <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, you, you know, it, and Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he said, don't worry about your life.
1: Yeah, What you're going to mm-hmm.
0: eat or what you're going to drink, what mm-hmm. your body, what you put on. Now, the, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So in, in, this is Matthew six twenty five. So I know there are a lot of people that are in, you know, difficult situations. Yeah. You need a, you need a house, you need a home, you we, need yeah. food, you need to provide for your kids. Yeah. You're in a tough, tough situation. We agree with you right now that we God agree will provide. Right now in mm-hmm. the name, in name of, of Jesus for Jesus, that the release you, you of provisions. We have provision. Mm-hmm. Food, exactly raiment, clothing, you need. shelter. Mm-hmm. Foods, food, friends, Hallelujah. money, mm-hmm. place to live. Purpose. Uh, Purpose, Deliverance, guidance, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, disentanglement from horrible situations, release from the oppression of the evil in one. Jesus' name. Sleep. He yeah. gives his beloved sleep. Yeah.
1: All of these things, Father, we release them into the people who are listening now. That even so, even though they don't understand how and why and what, and they're not yet worthy, and they didn't f- figure out and do all their list of things to do to be righteous, that you will simply love them, and the kingdom of God will celebrate a moment here, just like it did in the in the wilderness. This was a celebration of the kingdom, a touch from the kingdom of God on earth at that moment when the people were being seeing this miracle, being loved, being fed, being taken care of, feeling safe. And when Jesus Christ comes back to rule and reign, by the way, he is coming back. And very shortly, we believe he will set up a kingdom like this where there is righteousness and justice and truth. There isn't oppression. There isn't injustice. There isn't unfairness. There isn't witchcraft. There isn't false accusations. There isn't the wicked, uh, lying, conniving of the evil one that will all be removed. Because the kingdom of God will come to earth in that point in time. And we are in the place where there is a war now between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. In and it's bring this intensification of this battle is causing all creation to tremble and shake. We have the earthquakes, we have the volcanoes, and that's what Jesus said. It's gonna get more intense as he's about ready to come back. The sun, the moon, and the stars. They're all telling us, Look up, guys, get your act together.
0: In the meantime he said Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air. They they don't they don't have barns, they don't have freezers, they don't have Cupboards, but God takes care of them. Mm-hmm. Look at the lilies of the field, the flowers. They're mm-hmm. clothed beautifully. so they're they're temporary, clothed better yeah. than Solomon was in all his glory. And it's
1: for a temporary season; it's very short-lived.
0: Right. And he said, "Don't don't worry about your life. What mm-hmm. what what should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? Your heavenly after for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. And here's the principle: mm-hmm. Matthew six thirty-three. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things." shall be added to you. Do not worry about tomorrow. Oh my what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Fear. Just he wants us free from fear. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So our our, mm-hmm. du- our duty, our call is to put the Lord first, like his kingdom, kingdom come. and his uh-huh. righteousness. Like we'll uh-huh. and, and then all the things that we need are going to be added to us. They're going to be added to you that are listening today. Mm-hmm. So don't worry, don't sweat it. Trust. Tru- there's an old song that says, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So
1: this is where we see all creation sitting before the master right now. In this wilderness, on this hilltop, Sitting on rocks and stones and waiting to see what he would do, all of creation since the fall of man had been searching for life uh, vitality, youth, the fountain of life, eternal life um, it, they had all all of us had been caught up in the diabolical plot and plan that had been formated against them um, by the enemy to believe to, to twist them around to believe that he could give them immortality, and eternal life, and the fact is they already had it. And the, the big trick was that they didn't see that they had it and they took his. It's like, you know, you have a, a brand new vacuum cleaner sitting in the house. You just bought it. It was just given to you, actually. <clears throat> and now the salesman, the vacuum cleaner salesman comes to the door and he is such a good line and he's so mesmerizing. And he convinces you you need a brand new vacuum cleaner because what? You don't have one? No, because you need one, because it implies you don't have here. You This is that they had eternal life. It would be stupid to buy this vacuum cleaner off this slick salesman because you you, you were deceived by him when, in fact, you, you already had one if you remembered you had it and knew you had it. You wouldn't have bought it. it's the second one. Anyway, so the human race is at this sitting before the master, the master of all creation, and they were like sitting there holding their breath, like seeing what would he do? What would this creator do? What would Jesus do? Jesus uh, had revealed to them that he and he had to reveal and he had to prove that he was who he said he was. And he had and his, his claim to being, like I said, the son of God. So this is a demonstration. These baskets of crumbs taken up were a proof that there's more now than when we started with, and that's mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. And so, for the skeptic, for the, the you know one who has to have results, uh, this this thing that happened in the spiritual dimension. Uh, was now made manifest in the in the natural dimension, and this is what we do when we go after God to believe Him for a miracle. We reach into that dimension of the impossible, like Jesus. For example, another miracle with bread um, is a time after Jesus ascended. He actually actually he rose from the dead, and He was walking through these walls with these, talking to the guys, and He'd come in and go out. And then they were freaking out, thinking He was a ghost because they believed in ghosts. And and then He says, "Well, give me some bread." So he ate the bread, which is natural, physical, tangible, and it stayed inside of his spiritual body. It didn't some, fall through yeah, the body. A, there's
0: some fish too.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so how does this natural, physical bread, you know, uh, work if he's if he's in a glorified spiritual body? I mean, it should have. He went through the wall, so obviously the wall couldn't hold him. But the bread didn't fall out of him. It's like, does this make sense? You know, I mean, come on, think it's about
0: it. other-dimensional.
1: Uh, so he's, he's in a dimension. And the bread obviously was transformed at that point to be spiritual bread where it wouldn't fall out of him. And the walls were let, you know, he was wa- walking through the spaces in the walls or whatever he's doing. I don't know, but he is the creator. He's got this all figured out. And so they were beginning to believe these miracles were very important to the teaching. It, it, he could have just taught, 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 and it sounded good, slick and wind, a- And yet when, when, where the rubber meets the road, you know, a lot of times these pre- these preachers, the evangelists, they're preaching slick and fast and, you know, wow and, you know, awesome and blah, blah, blah. And then when it comes time for prayer and the prayer ministry and the altar ministry and the deliverance time, they're gone. Their bodyguards sweep them, sweep them away and you can't find them. They're off or back. It's,
0: or it's just a big show.
1: Well, that's what it is, a big show. Because, you know, I'm not criticizing people. I'm just saying if you're a minister of God, then stay for the end, Okay. Don't walk out on the thing when it gets tight and tough. And God says, "Okay, now it's time to demonstrate." Put, put your, the proof is in the pudding. Pull the pudding out of the oven and taste it. Let's see if, if this is really what God says, and believe in Him for miracles. And if you don't think you can do that, then stop thinking and start knowing. And read your Bible and listen to what the Holy Spirit says. You may have great miracles inside of you. You may have the gift of miracles, and you're the one who's got the most doubt going on because Satan always does that. He puts, you know, he tries to contradict, contradict our gift by putting us in the position of its opposite. And so the 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 greatest place of greatest gifting is also the place of your greatest struggle, so if you're feeling doubtful and don't believe in miracles and God understand everything, you probably have the gift of miracles, and we need you guys to come forth because we need the miracles, the power demonstration of God right now, because we're running out of time.: mm-hmm.
0: So Jesus is moving on, okay. Yeah, we can move He's on. He's moving on to Dalmenutha <laughs> to a different place on the, kind on of the other side of the Sea of Galilee at this point. Uh, it's the same place as Magdala where uh, Mary Magdalene do mm-hmm. we read about her you mm-hmm. know uh, later um, she was from there Magdala from this area Magdalene yeah Magdalene. so he comes here but he, he, here's here's a very interesting and maybe we can kind of just can go here it? for a little bit today sure. verses eleven and twelve of Mark chapter eight. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him. Seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But a
1: sign? Did they miss the, the Were they? Did they miss out on the at the wilderness? It's they like weren't there. Hello. We want to see a sign. Oh my goodness!
0: But he sighed. Oh, out of touch. He sighed deeply in his spirit and said, "Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation." Now it's interesting. I just want to read this from uh, the book of Mark, uh, amplified in, in the amplified. Mm-hmm. Um, verse eleven: the uh, the Pharisees came and began to argue with and question him, demanding from him a sign, and a testing miracle from heaven, mm-hmm. maliciously, mm-hmm. to test him. So that the,
1: sounds uh, like what's politically what's going on today. It's is, this is real it, parallel. Just, if you ask this me. Is
0: just malicious. Well, just oh, malicious, show us. It's vile. Like, it's like okay, hateful. guys, you haven't seen enough miracles you think one more miracle is going to Well they they're, those they're guys calling believe? they're
1: calling his authority into into a question. You know.
0: Well they're they're they're, they're seriously th- they're feeling threatened st- because <laughs> they are threatened.
1: Well, and because by the truth. you know, if you notice too, the mo- how this goes back and forth, God makes a move. God gives you a breakthrough. You're rejoicing blah blah blah. And then 20 minutes later, the devil gets to make his move, or maybe two days later, maybe a week later. And so it's this back and forth thing. And so Satan's trying to rip back, pull back out from your hand, grip out of your grip, the, the confidence, the blessing, the love that God has given you by making you think, see... It doesn't work or it doesn't last or it doesn't work for me or whatever other kind of lie he puts in your mind. And Satan comes disguised as your own thoughts and you don't realize that. You think that the thoughts you think, you think the temptations you're being tempted to have are you. They are not you. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you set yourself up in opposition to yourself to cut your house in half, to divide yourself, to make a civil war within yourself? Why would that, how would that prosper you? Jesus said even the devil's not that stupid. He doesn't divide the house against himself, and yet we've got all of this. And so we see in this context of the Pharisees coming, they definitely are on the other side.
0: Oh, absolutely. And In Matthew 16, 1 through 4, then the Pharisees and Sadducees came testing him, asking that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, "When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. Ah. And in the morning, Pay attention. Mm-hmm. it will it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening." Hypocrites! Oh, Jesus was very politically correct, wasn't he? He was. I uh, love it. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And we've got Doppler radar. Uh, we've got. We can watch the all the weather stuff on our phone. There's the Weather Channel we got all this stuff, technology about weather, mm. and the signs well, we in can't the discern sky. The we of the can't time. discern the signs of the times. And he and called what, them hypocrites what did because... G- what did Jesus say about those that were just looking for signs? Show us a sign. Show us a sign. We want to see something here. You know, it, it's, just, it's just a snooty, snooty attitude that they have. Verse 4, a wicked and adulterous, adulterous generation, generation seeks, seeks after, after a, a sign. sign. And no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah, and he left them and departed. He didn't. Now, what was the sign he, of the he, prophet Jonah? Well, th- three days and three nights. He was in the in the belly of the whale of the mm-hmm. whale, not the mm-hmm. whale, the great fish. It doesn't say whale. Mm-hmm. We're assuming it's a it's a whale, but it's a great fish. And three days, and th- the sign was Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's the sign of signs mm-hmm. that gives him. That, That's the that says miracle. that Jesus mm-hmm. Christ is Lord the over re- death. That's the proof of the pudding. Over death, over, over life. Over death, oh. over the powers of hell. Right. Over Satan, creation. Over creation. Over reality. Over reality. Uh-huh. The over the oceans. Yeah. Over the yeah. wind. Yeah. Right.
1: He pl- he d- demonstrated his power over the oceans, the water, the wind, the the tempests, the the bread, the natural, the uh, and death. He he is Lord of creation, and yet Satan has done a ma- uh, marvelous, you know. In quotes, their job of convincing us there is no God, God does not exist. He has simply distracted the young generation with all of their virtual reality gadgets and devices to keep them from knowing real and true life, and exactly. and 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 they don't know the Bible, they don't read the Bible, and you who do know the Bible get pu- pushed off of your your standing, having done all to stand base of faith and knowing by some little thing that comes by and you say, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Why don't you instead of saying, oh, no, you say, no way. And why don't you instead of getting freaked out and anxious begin to say and declare, all things work together for good, all things. Even this thing that appears to be bad uh, was, is going to work together for good because we see how this goes back and forth all the time. The Pharisees are attacking Jesus because why? Because he did a good thing? Yes, because they hated good things to be done in the name of God because they weren't for God. That, that was not their God. Jesus' God, the Father, was not their God, although they declared and thought he was. But what their fruit, the fruit of their life was was simple, simply jealousy, obstruction. These are the original obstructionists right here. Talk about obstructionists. That's a good word for them. They were resisting the will of God. And please, people, I'm telling you what, God is almost done with all this obstruction and rebellion and resistance and witchcraft and conniving and swamp and snake pit. He is about ready to pull the cover off this thing and open it wide open. And you know what? Only those who have the seal of God on their forehead are going to be able to resist in this evil day. And even many, many of those, it says, will be deceived by the evil one. And if those days would not be shortened, it says, no flesh will be saved. We have to understand this is a war that goes all the way back to the seed. It's the seed war, the war between Satan and God, the, 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 the seed of the woman versus the seed, the, the human, w- versus the seed of Satan. And Satan does have seed. And so all of this goes back to stand and having done all to stand in know the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. And this bread thing was a tiny thing. Tiny, almost, almost a uh, child's play for God, compared to what He would do, could do, and would have to do to demonstrate and to save and to deliver His people.
0: Yeah, so the thing is, signs, <coughs> signs. There's signs, wonders, and miracles. They're all the works of God, right? A sign is something. What it indicates, something. It tells you where you are. Mm-hmm. You're entering Minneapolis, or where, or you sh- it's four hundred, uh, you know, hundred fifty miles to Moorhead, or wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they indicate something they point to something, and the signs are here to point to the reality of God, the truth of God, the truth that Jesus Christ word. is the Son of God, that his Word is true, but you know there are people that will believe it, it talks about in Mark chapter sixteen, Marjorie that they went everywhere preaching the word, confirm the, preaching Christ, preaching the word, the Lord confirming their Word with signs following. Mm -hmm. So they preached Christ. Philip went to Samaria, Mm -hmm. preached in the book of Acts chapter 8, I believe it is, and and preached Christ, and people believed they saw the miracles. There were the miracles that accompanied the preaching of the word of God. And some people say, if we only could see more miracles, more people would believe. Well, you have not, to have eyes to see it. That's not necessarily because so. Because
1: here they had sign, they had signs here, and they didn't they believe. had sign, sign, no signs. No sign will be given to a, this generation. They wanted generation. another one, or no revelation. The sign, and or they, no revelation. They, they had been given a sign. You could
0: have given them thirty more signs that day, and they, they still were hardened in believed. their
1: hearts. They were blind, and this is where this generation is right now. It's it's not saying everybody but there are, there's a segment of this generation that they don't want a sign. They say they want a sign, they demand a sign, but, and they're given signs, but they, they don't know they've been they given signs. It, they, they don't see it, they don't believe it. It's
0: interesting, John uh, 20, verses 30 and 31. Uh, it's a summary statement here. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you have, may have life in his name. And, it, and there's another place where it says, even though he had done so many signs in their midst, they still did not believe.
1: They didn't want to believe. So the signs are given to those who want to believe and they will see them, receive them. And for you and I today, as we kind of wrap this up, we do live in, a, in, a, in a, a world that's beyond the natural, a world that's beyond reason and logic and, and, and things that make sense. It's called the spiritual dimension. It's called the dimension of God, the spirit of God. It's called the miraculous dimension. Uh, but the thing is, uh, we, we need to be comfortable living with God, walking in the spirit of God, being here, assigned here to the terra firma planet Earth, but also being connected with the the will and purposes of God in heaven, for we are just simply ambassadors here, citizens of heaven stationed here on earth to do the will of God, to bring forth the hope, the joy, the good news, and do what God says to do. And if that includes miracles, then go for it, God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing us this day, for making note of our hunger, our wilderness situations, our desperations. Thank you, Lord. You made note of the widow with the uh, the, who who had the son who had no money you took note of her sent the prophet to her uh, to remedy her situation take note of your people today and send your prophets to them to remedy the situations that we might all come to the place of comfort and peace in your spirit
0: i just pray that we would not look at reality We, we would look at your power we would not be conformed to this world and the rationalizations of this world but that we'd be Transformed by the renewing of our minds, so we might prove it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, living in the miraculous, being obedient to what you speak to us. Help us to hear your voice clearly and obey, that we might see your miracle, kingdom power being released in and through us. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. amen. I have an emergency. What is your location?